This is Atlanta's new underground station. How you doing? This is Wood Harris. Hi, this is Jasmine Guy. What's going on, Atlanta? This is Clifton Powell. Hey, guys. It's Niecy Nash from TV Land's The Soul Man. This is Cat Williams. Check this out. This is your boy, Yarrell, from NEXT. Hey, everybody. It's your girl, Lunell. What's up, ATL? It's your girl, Ken and Ken of Atlantic Records. Hi, I'm the Roger Piazza. WBS 87 Atlanta. WAEN FM Atlanta. WBHH and on iHeartRadio. Home of the Beat Break Morning. Morning Show with Sean Garvey, DJ Rollum, and the Wake Up Ladies. Beat Break 87 FM, where music and talk radio lives. Street, street, street. Streaming online at BeatBreakRadioFM.com. Download the TuneIn app to hear Beat Break 87 FM on your mobile device. And listen to the Beat Break Morning Show. Weekday mornings only on Beat Break 87 FM, where music and talk radio lives. Vote Beat Break Radio for hottest internet online radio and DJ Roland for hottest DJ of the year by going to ATLshottest.com. Now voting ends soon, so cast your ballot right now. Beat Break 87 FM, Atlanta's new underground station. Hey world, it's your man Precise. And I have great news. The Precise Music app is finally available for your iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry through Amazon and other app stores. That's Precise Music. Music is spelled with a Z. Go get it for all things Precise. Powered by BlackVibes.com. I tried to put it off, but I can't. It's so tried to blame the other man, but I can't. It's so Stay in tune. That's Precise Music. Music is spelled with a Z. We specialize in creating mobile apps for the entertainment industry. Go to bvmobileapps.com, click Get Started Now, create your account, choose your package, upload your content, and click Submit. BV Mobile Apps. Make it easy. Make it mobile. Listen to Beat Break 87 FM on the go. Download the Beat Break 87 FM app from the app marketplace, including Amazon, including Amazon Google Play, and the App Store. View photos, videos, and Beat Break 87 shows on your mobile device. Download the Beat Break 87 FM app now for free. He has performed on stage in front of thousands of poetry lovers. He has sold out shows and rocked the crowd with the best poets in the industry. Welcome to the stage, spoken word artist, Patrick Duncan, better known as the Preacher Man. I am Benjamin P. Montgomery. I invented a boat propeller. I am the former president of South Africa, Nelson Mandela! Critically acclaimed spoken word artist, poet, writer, and the creator of Black on Purpose poetry TV series Wordplay. Patrick the Preacher Man Duncan is coming to a venue near you. Why is the only time we can come together as a nation? It's when they're acts of insanity, chaos, or devastation. Stay tuned to Beat Break 87 FM for updates on Patrick Duncan's upcoming arrival to your city. Visit cdbaby.com forward slash cd forward slash Patrick S. Duncan to order his latest album, What's Going On. Available online, including CD Baby and iTunes. I want this high to have no affiliation to a political party. I want this high to be spiritual. For more info, go to BeatBreakRadioFM.com. Reaching Houston, we are a group of individuals and companies who have come together for one purpose, to meet the immediate needs of Hurricane Harvey victims. Individual and family financial assistance, pillows and blankets, food items, canned or packaged, clothing, household goods, personal hygiene products, utility assistance, and bottled water. 
24-hour turnaround, no income requirements, pickup locations around the city. To receive assistance, donate, or for more information, visit the website at www.reachinghouston.org. Together, we can. Winners who won prizes on BeatBreak 87FM must follow contest rules posted on BeatBreakRadioFM.com. For more information, click on the Prize Patrol tab on the website's homepage or call the BeatBreak 87 office at 404-680-2380. This is Atlanta's new underground station, BeatBreak 87FM, where music and talk radio lives. Hi, this is Clifford English, your host and producer of The Gospel Train. Join me every Sunday right here on Beat Break 87 FM Radio. You will be encouraged, you will be equipped, you will be educated, you will be entertained, all while hearing the best in gospel music. Don't miss your connection with the gospel train right here on Beat Break 87 FM Radio. BeatBreakRadioFM.com When it comes to hip-hop... R&B And talk radio No one does it better than Beat Break 87 FM The views and opinions expressed on this program Does not necessarily reflect those of Beat Break 87 FM Reach One Communications Volunteers, staff, and management of Reach One Communications Who is she? Who is this woman I keep hearing about? Who is she? Who is she? The radio diva herself. Oh my God, are you talking about? That can't be. Yes, it is, girl. Wait a minute, that is her. Yeah, that is her. Oh my God. I have to call somebody. This is amazing. I still can't believe it's her. Can I get your autograph? You ain't making me miss her show. Uh-uh. Ain't nobody got time for that. D. Hill Radio Show with your host, D. Hill. You a good job, man. You guys are doing a great job. I hope you blow up and become syndicated. Call in at 404-355-8699 or 1-866-405-8255. This is D. With your host, D. Hill. This is D. Hill. With your host, D. Hill. Now, here's your host, D. Hill. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night, Atlanta and all over the world. You are tuning in to the one, the only D. Hill radio show coming to you live. What I want to do is go ahead and give you the call-in number prior to um, our conversations this evening because it's going to be a really, really good show. And I do want you, uh, listening audience, to weigh in on some of the things that we are talking about because these things are impacting our neighborhoods. They're in- impacting our communities. And it's really, really time to uh, for us to stand up, voice our concerns, and make a change. So the call-in number is 404-355-8699. Again, that number is 404-355-8699. I am Cinda B. sitting in for the one, the only, D. Hill. Um, I'm going to start off this radio uh, broadcast by saying that as a parent, as a woman, as a human being, my heart goes out to the parents of Kanika Jenkins. This is the young lady that was tragically killed um, this past week um, in Chicago. Uh, her body was found um, in the a hotel cooler. And there are so many things that are going on um, with around this story 
It is so conflicting, so confusing, and it just did not start there. Unfortunately for the family of Kanika Jenkins, this is the end result of something that did or did not happen within the system, within the home that somebody could have been, should have been paying attention to, perhaps ignored, or just wasn't even aware Um, So we're going to talk about a lot of those things. We're going to talk about uh, children today, today's children and the road that they're going um, seems like a road uh, of destruction. And it is unfathomable that parents are not involved or they're not aware of what is going on with their children. So we're going to touch on a couple of these things. Um, I think it, you know, kind of starts out early in the home. Um, Earlier this week, I encountered a situation where children were being abused. And we're talking eight, seven, ten-year-old children, defenseless children. And my fight for the children, I am being rejected on every end by everyone who's in authority or everyone who has the power to make that change or to do something about it. And it frustrates me. It really frustrates me. So I'll be, you know, getting some some additional conversation pieces, you know, because I want to know what you guys really think about the system and how it is set up, Uh, starting with the defects issue, the children, young children who can't do anything for themselves. They can't fend for themselves. They can't defend themselves. They can't do anything for themselves. And they are being abused at the hands of adults. Um, Surprisingly, one of the adults is a former police officer. And when contacted by the Department of Family and Children's Services, they explained to me that these children were not being abused. They didn't say they didn't think it was happening, but they said the children were not being abused because they do not see any bruises. Because the physical bruises are not there, it does not mean that these children are not being abused. Physical abuse is not the only thing that is not the only form of abuse that takes place. You have emotional abuse. You have mental abuse, which is way far more impacting than a hit upside the head could do on any day. That's just my opinion. Um, If you have a difference of opinion, please call in. Let, let's discuss this. Uh, 404-355-8699. Um, we have to take a stand. And Rick, what 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 do you think or, or what, what are your feelings given that you have, you know, history dealing with children, at-risk youth and the system and, and how it, I feel, lets our children down today. The system is very flawed. Mm-hmm. Very, very flawed. Like I was telling you before, I had a love-hate relationship with defects mm-hmm. when I was working 
in the system. I actually used to run a group home. Right. And I had to deal with them pretty much daily. Mm-hmm. And the love I have for them is the work that they do. Most of them that is in it and been doing it for a while, they they are actually trying to help. Uh-huh. The hate I have with them is when you walk in their office and they got 30 or 40 stack um files on their desk uh-huh. of cases that need to be looked into, that need to be studied, and it's not enough people. It's not enough people doing the job and definitely not enough money uh-huh. for the work that they have to do. And with all that being said, a lot of cases go overlooked, mistreated, ran through quickly so you can try to get on to the next case. And the people that is hurt and affected by this are the kids. The right. well-being of the kids. And I think as a whole, as a society, we have let down our kids. I agree. I agree. So let me let me ask you this question. When you're saying that the pay, you know, is not there, which we know the pay is not there. You know, the, the workload is monumentous. But does that give a valid excuse to not give attention to where attention is needed? No, it doesn't. It definitely does not. And that's, like I say, the love-hate relationship that uh-huh. I had with DFAC. Uh-huh. No, it doesn't. But not that you can say that you can kind of understand, but I can understand them kind of looking, overlooking, maybe, oh, okay, this kid doesn't look, um, but you need to do, every kid deserves due, due diligence when it comes to these cases. Uh-huh. And I feel that a lot of times every kid is not given that due diligence. And that's why they have all these other CASA, different programs to try to help get these kids the help or the due diligence in the system that they need. Uh-huh. So it's, 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 it's very sad. So, I mean, what's the purpose of really having these organizations in place, CASA, court-appointed gals which are guardian ad litems if nothing is being done about the situation itself you know my experience is when I contacted the Department of Family and Children Services I was told because I wasn't the parent of the child my voice is pretty much void and mute which is crazy because everybody that's in the position around kids are technically a mandated reporter Mm-hmm. And if you don't mandate, if you don't report this, you could be held in liability. But then you, 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 you report it and nothing it. happens. Yes. So, I mean, so is it really warranted to just say, okay, I'm going to report it and nothing happens or just don't report it at all? Callers, what are your thoughts? This is a very, very heavy topic when you see someone, a child that is being abused and then a month later, two months later, you're hearing that they are 
dead, found dead, or they are severely injured, brain damaged, broken bones, internal injuries that they cannot survive, what do you do? Um, we have a caller. Hello, caller. Hi. Hi, uh, guys. Uh, excellent topic. Uh, and I am in total agreement with everything you've said so far. This is Sharon. Hey, Sharon. Thanks for calling. I, uh, this is a, a situation, a topic that is, uh, oh, gosh. <laughs> I get so emotional when I, I, I hear of these uh, stories where, um, you know, as you said, the powers to be are alerted in situations with children and the elderly. Uh, and uh, they come to the rescue a little too late, if at all. Right. Uh, it's almost as if they're being uh, paid to just warm a seat. Um, and it's a travesty because uh, mm, mm, I've been a victim of emotional, uh, mental, and physical abuse um, from family members, and so was my grandmother. And uh, when I reported, reported it to the authorities, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> they interviewed the perpetrators, and just as you said, if you weren't, uh, if you are not the parent, then you don't have anything to say. But what what perpetrator? After being interviewed, a question is going to say, "Yeah, I, I did it." <laughs> Who's going to do that? <laughs> it's just a poor example of a so-called interviewing process or an investigation. And um, I just think they need to do a better job. Well, if I can help it, Sharon, you know, and my heart goes out to you. If I can help it, they 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 will listen. I will march. I will I'm an advocate for him. I'm, I'm right along there with you, just as I was for my grandmother before she was given the final blow. And she was crying out. So, and I was her only advocate to report it in the family because family members were the ones that were abusing her. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I'm sorry. And you know what? We cannot, we cannot give up. We cannot just go away when we are denied one window of an opportunity for some help to come in, we have to continue forward because if we don't, we're going they to... They don't have, have a voice if we don't. I- exactly. So we have to be the voice for them. I-, I-, I couldn't imagine going to bed knowing that I did absolutely nothing and waking up the next day and hearing a news report of the same children that I am advocating for has been so severely injured that they won't survive their their injuries. I well, couldn't live with myself. Mind? Neither can I. Do you mind if I um, visit your site and um, follow you so that uh, whenever you uh, conduct any uh, events or functions or seminars, information sessions, or whatever it is you're doing yes. to give a voice to this situation. I want to be there. Absolutely. I want to be involved. Absolutely. That is my that that is my goal. 
That is my purpose. That is my passion. I fight feverishly, unrelentingly for the safety, for the survival of people who cannot do it on on, on their own. If I could pay my parents for the amount of hours that I have cried to them, that I've called them in the midnight hours, in the wee early morning during the midday, you know, and my parents are right there to help me understand that I cannot give up. It is a greater purpose, a greater passion than just myself. So absolutely, I would love to have you um, join me in my crusade to be a voice for the children. Um, I'll give you my email address. It's cinda, C-I-N-D-A dot brown, 1003 at gmail.com. You can send me your contact information. I will forward you every event. I will send you an invite to everything that we have going so that we'll know, you know, what we need to do. We, it has to start somewhere and And the abuse has to stop. It It, it has to stop. Now you are going to get that contact information once again, after uh, I hang up uh, before you get off the air so that I can uh, get it down. Okay. Okay. And I'll look forward to it very much. And thank the young man that, uh, is uh, co-hosting with you. Yes. Rick? That's what we need. <laughs> we love Rick. <laughs> yes, he's he's definitely a sounding board. Um, he's definitely, you know, a strength to us, even when we feel that we're getting tired. You know, he reminds us that you cannot give up. He lets us know yeah. that you will not give up. And we, well, much we, we love continue to the both forward. Of you. We appreciate you. Thank you so much again for Thank calling. Thank you so much. Okay, bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, again, Sharon, again, thank you for calling. My heart goes out to you. Um, I stand in solidarity with you in your pursuit for justice for the children. Uh, the we, prob- we, 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 yes. The problem with them interviewing the perpetrator a lot of times? Yes. Most of these perpetrators are smart or they have psychological problems to the point where they can... <clears throat> Deceive uh-huh. the ones that's interviewing them to make it seem like they are okay. And you're absolutely correct. Yes. In in this instance, Rick, the perpetrator is a former police officer. And when I approached him about what was going on and what he did not need to do in regards to his children, his words to me was, I was a police officer. I know where to hit them and it won't leave a mark. Those words are stained in my brain. The fact that he's a police officer. He knows the rope. You're absolutely correct. And then they're interviewing him and not believing the children. When you have a a, a six-year-old who's being suspended or a seven-year-old being suspended every week for, or every other week for stabbing their teacher or stabbing a classmate, punching someone else, high-propensity for violence in the home, that is not, she, she, she didn't born with, with, with those behaviors. At seven, at eight years old, absolutely not. 
And then you don't want to take a look at the overall picture because it don't just start there. It starts in the home, but then it starts to affect every area. Take a look at the school records. What are the what's what's the attendance record? You know, what behaviors are the children exemplifying? And now you have this in the very beginning that's going to, if not taken care of properly, it's only going to manifest into something much greater on the dark side. You know, and then you have children growing up, then you have them growing up being criminals and non-productive members of society. So we're going to dig into that part of it, the effects of it, right after the break. Atlanta's new underground station, Beat Break 87 FM, where music and talk radio lives. Vote Beat Break Radio for hottest internet online radio and DJ Roland for hottest DJ of the year by going to atlshottest.com. Now, voting ends soon, so cast your ballot right now. Beat Break 87 FM, Atlanta's new underground station. Hi, this is Clifford English, your host and producer of The Gospel Train. Join me every Sunday right here on Beat Break 87 FM Radio. You will be encouraged. You will be equipped. You will be educated. You will be entertained. All while hearing the best in gospel music. Don't miss your connection with The Gospel Train right here on Beat Break 87 FM Radio. BeatBreakRadioFM.com Hey world, it's your man Precise, and I have great news. The Precise Music app is finally available for your iPhone, Android, and Blackberry through Amazon and other app stores. That's Precise Music. Music is spelled with a Z. Go get it for all things Precise. Powered by BlackVibes.com. I tried to put it off, but I can't. It's on me. Tried to blame the other man, but I can't. It's on me. Stay in tune. That's Precise Music. Music is spelled with a Z. We specialize in creating mobile apps for the entertainment industry. Go to bvmobileapps.com, click Get Started Now, create your account, choose your package, upload your content, and click Submit. BV Mobile Apps. Make it easy. Make it mobile. Listen to Beat Break 87 FM on the go. Download the Beat Break 87 FM app from the app marketplace, including Amazon, including Amazon Google Play, and the App Store. View photos, videos, and Beat Break 87 shows on your mobile device. Download the Beat Break 87 FM app now for free. He has performed on stage in front of thousands of poetry lovers. He has sold out shows and rocked the crowd with the best poets in the industry. Welcome to the stage, spoken word artist, Patrick Duncan, better known as the Preacher Man. I am Benjamin P. Montgomery. I invented a vote for color. I am the former president of South Africa, Nelson Mandela! Critically acclaimed spoken word artist, poet, writer, and the creator of Black on Purpose poetry TV series Wordplay. Patrick the Preacher Man Duncan is coming to a venue near you. Why is the only time we can come together as a nation? It's when there are acts of insanity, chaos, or devastation. Stay tuned to Beat Break 87 FM for updates on Patrick Duncan's upcoming arrival to your city. Visit cdbaby.com forward slash cd forward slash Patrick S. Duncan to order his latest album, What's Going On, available online including CD Baby and iTunes. I want this high and have no affiliation to a political party. I want this high to be spiritual. For more info, go to BeatBreakRadioFM.com. 
Reaching Houston, we are a group of individuals and companies who have come together for one purpose, to meet the immediate needs of Hurricane Harvey victims. Individual and family financial assistance, pillows and blankets, food items canned or packaged, clothing, household goods, personal hygiene products, utility assistance, and bottled water. 24-hour turnaround, no income requirements, pickup locations around the city. To receive assistance, donate, or for more information, visit the website at www.reachinghouston.org. Together, we can. Beat Break 87 FM wants to help you get the word out on your next community event. Hey, do you have an upcoming public service announcement that you want listeners to know about? Well, email us the info to PSABeatBreak87FM at gmail.com so we can help spread the word. That's PSABeatBreak87FM at gmail.com. If your event flyer has the words nonprofit, community, support, charity, and just describes everything about helping our community, please share the special event right here on Atlanta's new underground station, Beat Break 87FM, where music and talk radio lives. What's up, ATL? Make sure that you check out the D Hill Radio Show every Saturday on Beat Break 87 and BeatBreakRadioFM.com. When it comes to hip hop, I ain't hating on the drill and trap, but it wouldn't be here without that old boom back. R&B. Oh, no, no, I and talk radio. No one does it better than Beat Break 87 FM. Hey, Atlanta, welcome back, welcome back. And yes, we are still standing in the midst of adversities, in the midst of trials, in the midst of things that we see wrong, and we feel that we can't change it. We are still standing because we have to come together and we have to do what we need to do to change our community. See, I told you guys at the beginning of the show that it was going to be a really, really good show. Special guests, really good conversation. Um, and we're gonna, I'm gonna introduce my, my, my guest in a few minutes. Um, he just, just came in and, and I, I love him dearly. I appreciate him. Um, but first we have a caller. So welcome caller. Hi. Good evening. How are you? This is Avery. Hey, Avery. How are you? I'm doing okay. Uh, are you a uh, court appointed special advocate? Are you a part of CASA? I am not a part of CASA. Okay, because uh, I'm surprised you didn't have uh, Judge Pity Brown Reynolds. She used to be, uh, she retired. She's a retired judge from the Fulton County Juvenile System. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised you don't have her uh, in the studio with you because she could probably tell you some cases that she got involved with and stuff that we don't hear about, in, in, you know, in, in, in general. But uh, we got some people right now that's in jail. Probably some of them are on death row because they came from um, um, a poor home environment where they had to, you know, uh, 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 physically hurt somebody or worse, kill somebody, uh-huh. and they wind up doing some time because nobody didn't show them love. They just, they, they just abused them. I'm going to give you a perfect example. Who This, this guy was abused, and um, he later became... Um, uh, heavyweight boxing champion Mike Tyson. A lot of people don't know that Mike Tyson came from a, 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 a you know, his 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 home life wasn't uh, a normal Rockwell portrait. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah, he came from. But like I said, I tell anybody, uh, um, you know. But you know, but like I said, um, 
you know, but when I hear people stuff like that, I, I, I tell people, I say, hey, man, you know, they wasn't asked to be born here. Why would you want to bring harm to them? Why would you want to abuse them? And they, uh, and, and, and um, this guy named Jerry Sandusky, you know, you know, you heard of him, right? Mm-hmm. Perfect example right there. You know, he probably got to watch his back because he's been abusing children. And then he tarnished the reputation of uh, uh, Joe Paterno, you know, worked at Penn State. And, Joe Paterno and, uh, tarnished his own name because he knew what was going on. And he oh, did yeah. not stop it. Right. So, I mean, I'm surprised. But they, they'll deal with him in the prison. I tell anybody out there, that's one thing they don't like when you when they find out that you abuse children or or you have some uh, some molestation or pedophilia, they'll deal with you accordingly. You know, that's called it's called uh, jailhouse justice if you do that. But, you know, but, unfortunately, Avery, it, it's at the, it, it doesn't solve anything. You know, that's just one person in one facility. We still have an entire society of children that are being abused. And I, I do thank you for your comment and thank you so much for calling in, Avery. Um, but that's not going to solve the issue because while he is one of those, there are a million out there that's just like him. So, you know, hey, that, that's just my thought about it. I appreciate you. And again, thank you for calling in. Okay, so now we want to, I want to introduce you guys to some and um, to all of you, actually. I I need no introduction. I I know this guy. Um, I met this person when I was on a school tour. And my major was criminal justice. And that's how I came to to know this 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 guy and um he he's phenomenal I, I there are no words that can express my appreciation for him the things that he has done um i'm not going to bore you with how i know him and what my memories are of him i will let him introduce himself and tell himself tell him tell you guys about himself um it let it come from straight from him I have in the studio with me, guys, the one, the only, Brian, Captain Brian McGee. Yay. (laughs) Hey, Brian. How you doing? How are you? Good. Looking good. Thank you. You too. You know, that's what a good heart does for you. You know, you're good on the inside. It just exudes on the outside. How you been? I've been real good. Okay, okay. So let's give the listeners a little... um, info tidbit about yourself tell us about you and um your journey and some of the things that that you've done as it you know includes children and things that you've seen on a day-to-day basis in your line of work uh Uh, just to uh give you a little background on me i was uh born and raised in toledo ohio uh left right after high school joined the military and then went directly into law enforcement. Um, I've worked with the Fulton County Sheriff's Office for 26 years uh, before retiring in April. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had an opportunity to do many things with the Sheriff's Office, and probably one of the most rewarding things was working with our youth. Mm-hmm. Um, when you see the numbers of the, those who are being incarcerated, mm-hmm. uh, it's just staggering. And the offenders now that you see entering into the system are younger and younger. Uh-huh. Uh, we have gotten to the point over there that we had to have three separate areas just f- to house the 17-year-olds. Really? Yes. And so, uh, and these are violent offenses. And this is 
like not what I've what I mean that was way a while ago, but since then, correct. Wow, correct. And we're talking about um, young men and women that should be in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, that should be looking forward to you know the next year or so uh, prior to graduating. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. they're looking at 10, 15, 20 years, some even life wow. uh, behind bars. And so um, one of the things that we started to do is to come up with programs that would kind of, you know, address this behavior. And one of the main things we really wanted to do is give these young people an inside mm-hmm. look at the criminal justice system and hope that after seeing exactly what takes place, it will deter them from going in there. Mm-hmm. And I uh, think we've been uh, pretty successful in doing that. Okay. Um, Tell us about what, you know, when we talk about some of the behaviors that are are happening within the home, that's truly a detriment to the child itself. Now, the child embodies what's being bestowed upon them, which is not good. So now they become criminals. And, and I would have to say not by their own fault. I, I guess they're kind of forced into it because no one from the, the agencies, the government agencies, is stepping in when these things are taking place in the home. Now they're becoming criminals, and as you say, at a younger rate each and every day. Uh, tell us about the seven deadly sins that a lot of people don't know about that if these youths commit these crimes, this is what will happen. That's correct. Um, there are mandatory sentencing guidelines on um, certain offenses. And as you say, the sudden deadly sins, which is, you know, murder, rape, um, aggravated assault, aggravated sodomy, things mm-hmm. of that nature, where if a youth off- commits this offense, then he's mandatorily going to be sentenced to 10, 15, 20 years. Uh, There's just no way around that. That's just the way the system is set up. But one of the things that we have to do is we have to try and reach these youth Mm -hmm. before it reaches that point. You know, the interesting thing about uh, my situation and being in law enforcement Mm -hmm. was my job was always to go out and enforce the law. Right. You know, and so that's what I did. And, you know, when you encounter um, a lot of these offenders, you go through the motions of making the arrest and making Mm -hmm. the case and everything else. But then when you start to get a little more background, Mm -hmm. you really start to feel for these young people. Mm -hmm. And you start to believe that a lot of them really did not have uh, a fair shot in life, Mm -hmm. you know. And one of the biggest breakdowns I see is definitely in the home with the parenting. Okay. Um, In our youth intervention program, uh, I can get a I can get a child to do anything I want. Right. Okay. Because I demand it. Right. I demand the respect. But if it's not being conducted the same way at home, mm-hmm. then the child is going to drift off. Okay. Kids want structure. That's one of I the things that. that I found. Whether whether we demanded it in the jail setting, whether we demanded it in the youth intervention program, mm-hmm. whether I'm at a school talking to kids, whatever the case may be, kids want structure. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get on a child, but that child's going to come back at you and he's going to understand why you got on him. Mm-hmm. And then you start to develop a good relationship. Um, but there is a breakdown in the home. And what happens is if the parents don't know how to parent, mm-hmm. 
then they're just spinning their wheels when it comes to the child because a lot of these kids are actually raising themselves. So if, let, let's say, in, with your experience in, in Superior Court and have seen these cases so many times before you, at what time would the judge say, you know what, this is a red flag, we need to dig deep into the home? As a judge, I would think that you're able to hand down orders to the parent, and if the parent does not obey, then they're found in contempt, and then it kind of goes, you know, on after that. But at, at what point does the judge say, you know what, this is a red flag, mom, you're not doing the best job you can do, let me help you with that, but this is what you have to do, the accountability piece of it. Mm-hmm. So what... What do you think about that one? Well, that happens a lot um, in Superior Court. The judges do intervene and try mm-hmm. and put um, different support bases in place. But you have to understand, we're talking about a system that is overloaded. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we do have a lot of parents out there that do try. Mm-hmm. But what's happened is once the court gets involved, once it's reached a certain point and the court gets involved, a lot of the damage has been done. Mm-hmm. You know, people, the, our, our younger generation really start to develop at a younger age as to what type of person they want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, you start to see it at a younger age now. And so what we have to do is we have to reach those kids at a very young age. We're talking mm-hmm. elementary school. But parents have also got to reach out for some assistance. You right. know, one thing I always tell parents is little Johnny didn't get like this overnight. Right. And so it's very important that when you see your child veering off, when Mm -hmm. you see your child becoming disrespectful, you see your child hanging out at night, you see your child not going to school. Those are the red flags as a parent Mm -hmm. where you have to get involved. The red flags in the criminal justice system is once you start to get locked up once, twice, three, four, five times. Mm -hmm. And by then it's too late. Okay, gotcha. So mama, daddies, you guys hear that, right? You have to get involved. You have to inspect what you expect. You expect greatness, inspect the process. Stop going to $2 Tuesdays and you can't make it to a PTSA meeting. That is a hindrance. And believe me, little Johnny, he sees that. So if you don't care, he's going to run to the streets. So we have to start caring. Mommies, daddies, let's get on our jobs. Let's start saving our children And for the mommies and daddies that are hitting, abusing, tormenting your children, stop. Stop it. Because the blood of whatever victim come after little Johnny is going to fall on your hands. And you're going to be accountable for that. You have to answer for that. You know, so let's let's get on our jobs, mommies, daddies. Um, The one thing that I wanted to um, talk about, Brian, is that. The uh, this past week, you know, you had two brothers, Isaac and Charlie McDaniel, and they were convicted and um, sentenced to 18 years. Well, sentenced to 45, but they only have to serve 18 years. Do you think that sentence was appropriate? <laughs> hot seat, hot seat. <laughs> well, you know. Um, and I'm just going to be honest. Please. I feel that any time that an individual takes someone's life, mm-hmm. then they're going to have to pay the price. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, whatever that price is, that's determined by the courts. Mm-hmm. But there is a price to pay. Um, you think about these young men who have been through the system countless times, and somewhere along the line, uh, the system broke down. Yes. You know, and I think that that is one of the many things that we have to look at is where the breakdown is in the system. There are so many juveniles that go through uh, juvenile court every single day. I encourage mm-hmm. anybody to just go down in and look and see exactly what's going on or go to your uh, to your county courthouse and sit in there and listen to some of these cases and you'll get a better understanding as what's going on in your community. Mm-hmm. But um, there was a breakdown. These two young men should have never been in and out of the system that many times. Was without, it 14? Yes. Arrested 14 times prior to the murder occurring. Oh, yeah. And that's just the arrest. That's not the the countless encounters that they've had with the police. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So um, somewhere along the line, somebody had to, to look at this and say, hey, we have a problem and mm-hmm. we need to deal with these young men. Yes. Uh, whether it would have been early incarceration, who knows. Mm-hmm. But something aggressive had to be done with these young men, and unfortunately it wasn't, and they stayed free and uh, someone lost their life. Would it be a fair assessment um, to say that the system failed these young men and that because of the very light sentence, the judicial system failed the community? I mean, would that be a fair assessment? Um. Yeah, that's kind of twofold. That That is fair to say. Mm-hmm. But then the flip side, too, is um, the system's overloaded. You know, uh, you only have so many judges, so many prosecutors, so many uh, defense attorneys mm-hmm. when it comes to juveniles. And so you do have a lot of parents that uh, come to the system and ask for help. Mm-hmm. But the help sometimes is limited because of resources, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, Uh, Government's cutting back on spending, you know, on these type of programs. So that is why it's very important, parents, for everyone to get involved in the process Mm -hmm. when it comes to electing people. I I agree. I agree. So, uh, listeners, as you can see, there is a direct connect to early intervention and, and what's going on in the home and then have your children transition into uh, teenage into the wonder years of, of teenagehood or teenagedom, you know, whatever you want to call it, there's a direct connect. And if the abuse is happening and there is no intervention, you stand a pretty good chance of your little Johnny or your little Sally becoming one of society's inmate 6029534. Um, Brian, I, I just my, my 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 heart is just just really heavy because I I couldn't and having worked alongside with um, the illustrious district attorney Paul Howard, I could not fathom how such a sentencing would come about with the amount of time that they were given because this Mr. Brooks, 51 years old, halfway through his life, these children will be out of prison before they reach Mr. Brooks' age. What do you think 
took place with that sentencing? Well, if I'm correct, the ultimate sentence given was 45 years mm-hmm. and um, to serve 18. And I guess the balance will be done on uh, probation. Mm-hmm. But um, there are sentencing guidelines as it pertains to juveniles. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the system is no longer letting you take a 16-year-old juvenile and putting him in prison for the rest of his life. They're just not going to do that. They wow. feel that, you know, there is a chance that this juvenile could be rehabilitated. And hopefully he will be, you know. But um, it's an unfortunate situation, and, and we hate to see this happen. But one of the very interesting things. Hold on. Okay. I hate to interrupt you. Yes, sir. You said they hope for them to be rehabilitated. Yes, sir. But Rick, There's mind no you. rehabilitation in the prison system. 14 prior arrests. I get that. I get that. Prior get to that. the murder. Yes. Yes. These is that something was wrong with these boys. And clearly and, 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 and somewhere somebody missed the boat on these boys. These boys need the help. Are they going to get the help that they need in prison? Absolutely not. Realistically. Realistically. No. Well, I don't think so. Well, it just depends. You know, um, they have a lot of things in place. Uh, for these young offenders, you know, whether they take advantage of them or not, that's a different question. Mm-hmm. Whether they're being forced to, you know, participate in these programs, that I don't know. But yeah. there are things in place. When I look at, you know, some of the things that uh, we put in place over there at Fulton County, uh-huh. I mean, you can go in there and get out with your GED. You know, uh-huh. we have all kind of uh, different programs where uh, offenders can come in uh-huh. and, and learn a trade get a certification, and then transition back into society. So Mm -hmm. there are a lot of things in place where, you know, the justice system is trying to help. We're not just trying to lock everybody up because Mm -hmm. that doesn't solve the problem for anybody. Right. But if we can rehabilitate, and that's what I'm hoping will happen uh, with these young men, um, then it's a win-win for everybody. But, you know, we have to try. You just can't take a 15- and 16-year-old, and I know the – the offense was very heinous. Uh, a, a gentleman lost his life. But you just can't take a 15- and 16-year-old and put him in prison for the rest of his life. That's that's just not right. <sighs> I, I kind of have, we have my, 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 my thoughts on that. You know, when you take a life, okay, you're, you're shooting someone. And then when he crawls. He's crawling at this point, the lowest point on the ground. He's crawling for help, and you turn around and you shoot him again, and there ends his life. At that point, I feel 18 years for what? And I understand. That should have been life. I understand exactly how you feel, and prior to me working with you, Mm -hmm. I felt the same way. I was that same person. They said, hey, let's just go out here and lock them up. But then when you start getting a better understanding, mm-hmm. the child didn't have a chance. You know, dad's not in the home. Mom's hanging out or mom might be on drugs or whatever the case may be. He's having to raise his, you know, brother or sister that's just, you know, four years younger than he is. Mm-hmm. You know, living in the streets, not in the best of neighborhoods. That's a tough pill to swallow, you know. I'm glad you said that. So who do we blame? Do we blame the government because they did not intervene? Because I'm sure 
the flags were there. You know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. You get past the situation, you look back and like, dang, this is what was happening. So who, in essence, do we blame? Do we blame Bobby Cagle for the Department of Family and Children's Services not effectively upholding the positions in which they hold? Do we blame the judges for not intervening because of resource, lack of resources or an overflow situation, you know, the parents, because they're not there? Do we even know that the parents have or are capable of raising these children? You know, you talk about educating the child who's educating the mom. And I feel, just just me personally, that had there been some intervention, Mr. Cagle, you know, we would be able to at least rub the surface of what the problem may be and get some intervention in there. I mean, am I wrong on that? No, I feel you're right. I feel that there's plenty of blame to go from all the way up to all the way down. And it starts not only with the parents, but with the state, with the government, because mm-hmm. there's no money in people. There mm-hmm. is absolutely no money in people. Mm-hmm. And every time you turn around, the government is taking money out of these programs. That's one problem. But they're building prisons. Yes. Oh, they steady build. Yeah, because so, that's a money-making industry. That's <laughs> Money's in prisons. They do tests at the fourth grade to determine how many prisons they're going to need. Uh. They testing these kids young, so that, that therein lies the problem. But yes, the parent there's parenting who parents that don't know how to be parents and shouldn't be parents. Uh-huh. There's school teachers who see these things that they hands are tied. There's problems all the way around. The whole system is broke. So how do we begin to fix this, <laughs> Pro? Well, one of the things I liked out, uh, out of you know you named all these people and different entities, right? Yeah. What you just named was the village. The village is to blame. Yes, yes. Every last one of us. The, the the officer that would rather chase these guys down the street than to get out the car and talk to them and give them a hug. Mm-hmm. You know, for the mm-hmm. churches that are in the community but are not in the community. Right. You know, uh, for for the neighbors who who shut their blinds every day mm-hmm. as if it doesn't happen, they don't, they don't see these young men. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people to blame. And... Until we all come together and start operating as one again, mm-hmm. like when we were growing up, mm-hmm. this is what we're going to continue to get. But how do we begin to fix it? Who is our primary point of contact? For my situation, Rick, you know, I, because DFACs were involved and DFACs is telling me, because these are not your children, you have no say. Absolutely I do. Because your children impacts what goes on around them. My son is in their environment, whether it be at school or in the neighborhood, you know. So I went straight to the office of Bobby Cagle, and I have a case number. I filed a formal complaint, and the response that I've been given until they, they see or when they learned that you weren't dealing with an average individual, wait a minute, she know a little something. Let me try a different approach. You know, and then when you want to, I guess, try and brush me off, I turn around and have my legal team 
contact some people. So now there's a totally, completely different song that they're singing. But in the beginning, you told me this when you thought it was just me. You know, do we start with Bobby Cagle? Do we start with the principal of the schools, the teachers? Do we begin to form community, you know, meetings? All of that. Right. All of that has to be done. But there has to be an initial step. I mean, the initial step is is the conversations and getting it out there and putting the problem out there is the initial step. Uh Uh-huh. Now... It's time to get to the problem solving of the commun- com- conversation. So now it's time to start contacting these different people so we can put the conversation back into the village. Mm-hmm. So the village can step up. Okay. Make the village. We It's now at a point where we have to make the village step up. We can't just wait for the village. We have to make do the things that you did. Right. You have to make these people step up and hold them as accountable as everybody involved. Okay. Because until that starts to happen, we're okay. in a society where if it ain't me, then who? If I can't get likes for it, then why? <laughs> you know. Right. So we're we're in that. Um. You know. Uh, it, it's it's very unfortunate. Um. We are running. We actually are rounding up our hour. I, I told you guys it was going to be a good show. I told you. Um, I would say this is part one. Brian, would you join us next week to continue this conversation? Um, I think it's very needed um, in the community. I think we need to get as many people involved as possible. I would also like for people to know how they can reach you and help you on your quest with the things that you're doing for the community. So can you tell them how they can reach you? Sure. Uh, Probably the best way to reach me is going to be uh, via email. Okay. And that email address is McGee, M-C-G-E-E, B as in Baker, 225 at gmail.com. That's McGee, B. 225 at gmail.com. Thank you so much, Brian. You know, again, I am so appreciative that you would take time out of your busy schedule with everything that you have on your plate to give to us so that we can begin to help a community. You know, I wanted to talk about the, the young girl, Kanika Jenkins, in Illinois that was found in a hotel locker refrigerator locker you know found dead and you know we'll kind of go into that next week with part two about how all of this even with the abuse you know starting and then transitions into being a troublesome teen and then becoming a criminal and then everything else begins to unravel and results like this happens whether it be your child or someone else's child it happened a life another life young life ended too soon but then you have young people taking lives and and they shouldn't you know so definitely want to um have you back so that we can finish that discussion part two of it and there may be a part three who knows um there's so much we need to do atlanta Everybody, a lot we need to do. And again, my heart is heavy and I'm elated at the same time because I have warriors 
who are backing me, who support me in my quest. Rick, Brian, again, I thank you. Um, also want to give a last shout out to my parents, Maxine and Tommy Brown, who's celebrating 37 years of wedded bliss. Mom, Dad, I will see you tomorrow. Atlanta, thank you again for tuning in to the D Hill Radio Show. Beat Break Radio, FM. FM. Atlanta's new underground station. Yeah. Online 24-7 at BeatBreakRadioFM.com. Winners who won prizes on Beat Break 87 FM must follow contest rules posted on BeatBreakRadioFM.com. For more information, click on the Prize Patrol tab on the website's homepage or call the Beat Break 87 office at 404-680-2380. This is Atlanta's new underground station, Beat Break 87 FM, where music and talk radio lives.